0: Thanks to Audible for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Ponzi Supernova, a six-part original series, is available on Audible channels. Listen at audible.com/ponzi. It's Thursday, March 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Wealth Management, Ross Anderson. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Normally, on an episode, if I have any sort of housekeeping notes, those happen at the end of the episode, and I'm going to flip it and it'll hopefully make sense in a minute. Um, So, a couple of housekeeping things. The other day, I read a a very lengthy email uh, from one of our listeners, uh, did not share his name, and and now now that I uh, got the sign-off from him, I can say that that uh, phenomenal email about Wawa the other day was from Captain Dan Evans of the United States Air Force. So, uh, thank you for that. And uh, in my back and forth with him, he uh, he asked me a question, which I think sort of dovetails nicely into why you're here today. And he he said, "Listen, I've been I've been listening to Market Foolery for a couple of years. Maybe you've talked about this in the past, but I'm just curious. Like, how do you how do you decide what to do on the show every day? Can you share a little bit about that process?" And without Without boring everyone to tears, um, in a nutshell, this is a business news show, and it's the Motley Fool. We look at things through the lens of stocks because we're all about stocks here at the Motley Fool. But, or I should say, we're mostly about stocks here at the Motley Fool. Uh, so, but this is a business news show, and the business news of the day drives what happens on Market Foolery most of the time. Um, every once in a while. Um, I, I like to mix things up in part because there are people, and I've said this many times before, that there. One of the things I love about working at the Motley Fool is there are so many smart people here, and sometimes I just want to get someone in the studio and talk to them. And and you're one of those people. I, was like, I see you at Fool Wealth. I'm like, I got to get him in the studio. I got to I got to talk to Ross. I feel like you're setting the bar too high. <laughs> Well, uh, well, then um, hopefully you're good at geography, because that's all I'm doing. Sounds good. I'm not asking you financial questions. It's all going to be a, a global geography quiz. No, but so so anyone who tuned in today thinking, oh, Bob Iger re-upped at Disney, he's going to be staying on longer as the CEO of Disney. Oh, I can't wait. No, we're not talking about that today. We will talk about that on Motley Fool Money, so tune into Motley Fool Money this week. Um, uh, but today we've got Ross Anderson from Motley Fool Wealth. So, let me let me start with sort of what you do and what your experience is like because uh, you know financial planning is something that is relatively new in terms of the business of the Motley Fool we've been in the business of stocks for a very long time but financial planning is is relatively new and you work with individuals and families who are looking for help in terms of financial planning there are plenty of people who want to do it all themselves. There are probably even more people who are like, ah, I like doing some of this myself, but I need someone to you know, help me keep it all straight. And that's where you and the other folks at Full Wealth come in. What kind of questions are you getting these days? Because everything I've just laid out is, is against the backdrop of a stock market that has done quite well for a surprisingly long time. And I'm wondering if that is is changing sort of the types of questions you're getting these days.
1: I mean, there's always market related questions, and and the the questions that we get the most often that are are really meaningful have to do with the decisions that people have to make, and whether that's uh, very rarely is that what stock do I buy that that people come to a financial planner for. There's lots of great resources for that, both the Motley Fool's services and and the Fool Wealth. Uh, managed account products, but uh, decision points: what do I sell? How do I raise capital? Should I be repositioning my portfolio after a run-up like this? Th- those are the things where where it gets a little bit hairy, and and there's very rarely a, a black and white answer. But but we can add a lot of value.
0: So, I mean, how much hand holding, for lack of a better term, do you have to do? Because when we talk about investing in an individual company. Whenever possible, we try and remove emotion from the equation. But you, I feel like that's not even an option for someone in your job because emotion is always wrapped up in money.
1: Well, there's always emotion on the other side of the table. Absolutely, anybody that thinks that they can take all of the emotion out of their financial decisions is is out of their mind. It is always emotional, and and kind of on the edges of of market cycles are where we think that we make. A lot of benefit for people, um, you know. In oh eight, oh nine, financial planners were hearing, "Oh my gosh, that hurts! How do I stop that from happening?" Uh, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> how do I stop the market from going down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how do how do I blunt the impacts of that? What should I be doing so that this doesn't hurt so much? And then you know, they take some cash off the table in in their equity portion, and then there's a run up, and they go, "Wait, I didn't make as much money as my neighbors. How do like what do I do?" And and that's a process of of consistently. Underperforming what you could be doing had you just stayed put and stayed patient. So, uh, keeping people on a ride that they're comfortable with is probably the number one thing we can do, at least in terms of of portfolio positioning.
0: Is it the sleep factor, which is something I mentioned from time to time? Because that's, that's how I think about my own investments is just sort of am I able to sleep at night? Because if I'm losing sleep over a big financial decision or more specifically over a given stock then i that's thats my body telling me, get out of this thing.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But the, the sleep thing changes for people. People's risk tolerance, the way they would assess themselves as an investor changes depending on what the market's done. That's not a consistent response that people give. And so, when the market's been doing very well, people uh, believe themselves to be very aggressive investors, and then they get Kicked every once in a while, and 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 then they respond differently, and and then believe that they're a very moderate or or even a conservative investor. Uh, so keeping people off that seesaw and, and trying to introduce some um, kind of the counterpoint, uh, and, and and it's not that everybody shouldn't be conservative or shouldn't be aggressive, uh, but it should correspond to your situation. And particularly, uh, you know, this is kind of a could be a boring topic, but when I think about risk, it is two factors. It's, can you take risk? Do you have the ability to? Which is really time horizon-based. If you need money next year, should you be in stocks? Probably not, not with that money. Uh, and then, for the longer-term stuff, it's a matter of, how much are you comfortable with? you know. Uh, and, and I put numbers to a loss percentage normally. So, if we saw a 20-25% loss in your entire stock portfolio, what does that mean in numbers for you? And, and it might have meant something different from the last time we went through that type of a downturn. Oh eight, oh nine, you know, that that's quite a ways ago now. So if somebody might have been dealing with, you know, a portfolio of a hundred grand at that point, now it's five hundred. So a twenty-five percent loss is much more meaningful in dollar terms than it used to be maybe for that type of an investor. Uh, and even though they've seen the percentages, they haven't seen that kind of money evaporate. Uh, in the short term. so so we we put numbers to that and kind of uh, poke people on on where they they think that their risk tolerance truly is.
0: That's interesting because I hadn't really thought of risk in the sort of two-track way that you just laid it out. i've I've always thought of risk as a personal tolerance thing, not into so that's great that you're able to sort of say, Look, when we talk about risk, we're talking about two things. One of them has everything to do with your stomach and, and what, what you can handle. And the other has nothing to do with your stomach, it has everything to do with time. That's exactly right. So, when it comes to uh, the stock market right now, and, and you were uh, out in Arizona recently with me and a, a bunch of our colleagues when we had our Motley Fool One event out in Scottsdale. Um, I don't know if, and I know you had meetings with people out there with with individual folks that you're working with. I don't know if there was any sort of theme or pattern to the questions that you were getting. Um, or if you've heard heard any sort of theme emerging in the intervening weeks. Again, this market, the way it's going, um, are people n- nervous? Are they enthusiastic? do you do you ever have to? Um, verbally slap someone into, <laughs> into uh, sort of like, wake up, you're not that good a stock picker. The market's been great. You've benefited. But, you know, I was just thinking of that when you were talking about how some people, I'm sure I'm guilty of this, when the market's going up, it's like, you know what, I'm really good at this stock picking thing. Oh, yeah. And Nailing then, it. And then when the market goes down, it's like, oh, I just I, I need to sell everything and just go into cash.
1: Yeah. There's certainly a component of that. The thing that I'm seeing most often right now, honestly, is is that people's political affiliation has a lot to do with how they feel about where things are right now. Interesting. Uh, And it's the total opposite of where it was a couple years ago. Um, you know the the and, and I'm I'm not taking a political stance in one direction or the other but but folks that believe that we're moving towards lower taxes and and, and that type of an environment think that the market's just going to keep roaring uh, and I'm hearing that there there there's a lot of that tone and people that, that might have been on the other side of the coin are going oh my gosh we're, we're headed for doom and gloom and I, I think both might be a little bit wrong um, and and so again keeping that kind of keeping uh, neutral positioning of, 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 let's let's think about the reality of your situation, is really always what we have to come back to. What is true about you, and, and how should you be investing because of that?
0: Well, and to bring it back to business news, while you and I are having this conversation uh, across the Potomac River on Capitol Hill, uh, the House of Representatives may or may not be voting on a repeal of Obamacare. And, The the notes that came out this morning from Goldman Sachs and some of the other uh, firms on Wall Street had everything to do with sort of the uh, domino effect of the vote that's going to happen today because because they are looking at it and I think that if you're an investor this is probably the I think they're right I think the probably the way to look at the you know the vote today whether or not it happens is. Look, if this happens, then one of the ripple effects is, the House of Representatives moves on to other things. They say, well, we've we've passed this bill, and now the Senate gets to deal with it, and now we're going to move on to an infrastructure spending bill, or tax reform, that sort of thing. And if it doesn't, then, as Goldman Sachs and others laid out, corporate tax reform, all these other things—they get bottled up and they get pushed off to 2018, maybe 2019.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, that that delay effect—it's not just the the effect of the current law that they're that they're looking at, but it's also what else will they be doing with their time? No, no doubt about it.
0: How did you get into this? How did you? At what point in your life did you wake up and say, "You know what? I want," because th- this is this is a, a, a very interesting field, but I could also see someone, particularly when it comes to taxes <laughs> just sort of dealing with taxes um, just saying oh I don't, I don't know if I can do this at what at what point did you say I this is what I want to do
1: yeah I mean I, I I wish I had some some grand plan that I'd come into the industry with that that wasn't really it um, I was studying finance at the time I went to Christopher Newport, which is right next to a Wawa, by the way. So <laughs> I, I'm I, 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 I am part of Team Wawa uh, as part of that argument. But uh, I went to Christopher Newport University, studied finance, and and I was kind of at the crossroads that that I think many kids coming out of college face, which is what am I going to do with this thing? Right? You know, I'm I'm accumulating some knowledge, but I don't really know where to go, uh, and I just know my personality, and and I would be an awful analyst as, as a person that just sat and like. Crunch numbers and spent my day with spreadsheets, uh, that would be the worst day for me, uh, is only doing that. I, I like the interaction with people. And, and that meant for me that I ended up gravitating towards the sales side uh, of finance. And, and that was a financial planning or a broker role, and, and then I kind of learned what I didn't like about that space. Uh, which is that you're almost always selling. You never meet somebody and you don't have an agenda uh, when you're in that role. And and if you do, you're probably doing it wrong. And <laughs> and, and so so I, I didn't like that piece of it. And so finding Motley Fool Wealth Management was was a huge uh, win for me because I got to practice the technical aspect of working with individuals, helping them through some of the most emotional and tough decisions they're going to make uh, without selling anything. Um, and, and so none of the advisors for Full Wealth have, have a sales responsibility. Uh, so we, we are probably the worst selling group of financial planners that you could you could find because we've kind of collectively self identified <laughs> that way. Uh, but, but it was it was that desire to help people. I had learned I, I'd got my C F P credential and and, and and gone through that program and, and realized that I really do like financial planning but
0: but not so much sales. Speaking of financial planning Got to say thanks to Audible for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Audible Channels has a new original series, which I suppose technically you could say is about financial planning. It's called Ponzi Supernova. This is the original audio documentary series that tells you the story that you think you know about Bernie Madoff, who was sent to prison for orchestrating the largest Ponzi scheme in history, but that is definitely not the full story. It's drawn from hours of unheard conversations with Bernie Madoff behind bars. Interviews with the FBI, the SEC, victims of the scheme. Ponzi Supernova takes you on a fascinating journey into the dark interior of our, of our financial system. It's a six part Audible original series, and it's available on channels. I said this the other day. For those who may know the name Bertie Maynoff in passing, just like, oh, yeah, he was that Wall Street guy, he's in jail. This was a $65 billion scam. Wow. Which is. You know, breathtaking. In, in in some ways, you just sort of go, "Whew, that's that's ambitious." Some no, that,
1: it it really is. I mean, that's a that's a stunning number.
0: Yeah, it's a fascinating story. Uh, I've listened to a little bit of it. It's really good stuff. If you want to learn more about the series, just go to audible. dot com slash ponzi and then listen. Audible and Amazon Prime members listen for free. One more reason to be an Amazon Prime member or an Audible member. Go to audible. dot com. Slash Ponzi. Do you remember that story breaking out, the the Bernie Madoff scandal and, and all that sort of thing? Like, what was your gut reaction? Or any time, let me let me broaden it beyond Bernie Madoff. Any time, given your role in financial planning, anytime you see a story about some sort of fraud, whether it's a, a, a single broker or it's you know approaching the Bernie Madoff scale, what goes through your mind?
1: Uh, honestly for me it's a little bit of disappointment and and there are there's negative influences in in any business but our our industry finance seems to get shown in such a terrible light most of the time uh, and i i love all the wall street movies i really do everything from boiler room wall street wolf on wall street th- those are all entertaining stories uh, Pursuit of happiness. I also love and 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 actually shows our, our industry as an opportunity. And and it was a different time at that point. Um, but I, I hate that all of the compelling stories about finance are about these like scumbags that are just <laughs> screwing people out of money. When there's a lot of good work being done by by people, uh, and those stories are are very rarely told. Sometimes for for regulatory reasons. But uh, yeah, it's always disappointing to me because it creates a distrust between. People like us and and the other side of the table, and people come in guarded. They uh, have trouble getting the answers they need because they don't know who to trust, and and that's the that's the sad part of it for me.
0: Yeah, you can throw the big short in, onto that list as well. And you just reminded me of the line that Steve Carell's character has when he's standing up in front of a group of I think Wall Street executives, and and you know he says, "Fraud has never worked." Like like, when did we forget that fraud doesn't work? Eventually, things go south, right? And that's the th- that's the thing about the, the the Ponzi scheme. It's like, okay, you can you can do this for a while, but <laughs> but eventually, it's it's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so- something something ultimately goes wrong. And um, my my entry point into uh, this industry, uh, the company I originally interviewed with was a company called MICG Investment Management, which was in Hampton Roads. Okay, and uh, and ended up getting in trouble uh, that firm for for misstating some hedge fund values and uh, turned into a big thing and 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 jail time because of it. So wow. Oh yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was a huge deal and effective. This is while market. you
0: were there, or is it like you that, you interviewed and and then
1: that unfolded shortly after. And and I I was so thankful, honestly, that they didn't offer me the job because I would have taken it. And I'm sure. My family and friends at the time would have owned that stupid fund because they were selling it to everybody that would buy it. Uh, so I, I was very thankful because at at that point in my career, I mean, if you're a first year broker, how do you know to look deep enough to uncover that? You know, so, so to expect a client to be able to do it is, is almost impossible. You know, I I, I want, yeah, I, I'm I'm thankful that I didn't end up
0: there. Well, and that's that's one of the things in this uh, in this uh, series uh, Ponzi Supernova is. And you and I talked earlier about emotion and and the role that it plays, and it it plays out in in the Bernie Madoff story too, where the people who are making money from Bernie Madoff they don't want to know when the when the money is rolling in, when the when when you see your portfolio growing, that's when you're less likely to be asking critical questions, and not even like criticizing questions, just. Questions about like okay well how is this work you know and and in the case of Madoff where it was like sweep it the, under the rug the, yeah the money's going up the exact same percentage every year it's like really does that yeah is
1: that how the market
0: works I don't think the market works that way
1: it certainly doesn't
0: um, uh, for anyone uh, interested in full wealth if, and and I'll I'll plug the website in a second but what uh, what give me twenty seconds on sort of what they'll find there uh, in terms of what you do.
1: Sure. So, so it's a managed account solution. So, so it is. Uh, we we call it foolish investing. It is. It is the foolish investing principles of long-term buy and hold, uh, of being business first, uh, for people that don't want to do it themselves. Um, so, we, we've got a, a team of investors that are uh, running a bunch of different strategies, um, and we're we're running a promo right now. The first month of management fees are free as long as you register with us by uh, next the end of next Tuesday, which is uh, the 28th of March, uh, and the first month. So, you get to see basically what we would do for you, uh, no charge, and if you stick with it, uh, it's, a, it's a modest fee after that.
0: you want to learn more, you can go to radio. That's foolwealth, all one word, radio. You can see what Ross Anderson and his colleagues are doing down there. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I know this is a busy time of year for you, so I really appreciate it.
1: Tax time, really? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I, I,
0: I need to talk to you after, uh, after we're done here.
1: Got to get it in order, Chris. Come on.
0: <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, in The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. settle so do buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market MarketFoolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.